0: This just in, a new candid message from President Biden on Israel. At a fundraiser in Washington just a short while ago, Biden told donors that Israel is losing support around the world and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu needs to change his hardline government. CNN's Arlette Sines joins us from the White House. Uh, Wow, these are pretty uh, stark words from a president who has been... uh, in a robust way, supportive of what the Israeli government has been doing.
1: Yeah, that's right, Dana. These are very candid comments. Perhaps President Biden's most candid comments uh, about the conflict between uh, Israel and Hamas. The president made these comments at an off-camera closed-door fundraiser. So uh, we have uh, a pool report that's offering some quotes from that. uh, And it said that President Biden had had warned that Israel was beginning to lose support amid its heavy bombardment of Gaza. And the president suggested that it may be time for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, to change his government. Uh, The quotes uh, say that uh, Netanyahu has a tough decision to make and, quote, this is the most conservative government in Israel's history, Biden said, adding that the government doesn't want a two-state solution. Uh, The president added that Israel was beginning to lose support around the world and said Netanyahu, quote, has to strengthen and change the Israeli uh, government. But it does come, as you have seen, President Biden uh, very publicly stand shoulder to shoulder with Netanyahu. But there have been some warnings specifically about the campaign in Gaza and the mounting civilian casualties. Uh, there's been uh, w- w- widespread criticism uh, about that, and President Biden has warned uh, Israel to take more caution to protect civilian life, but these are certainly some of the president's most candid comments as he is warning that Netanyahu is losing support around the world.
0: Thank you so much for that, Arlette, and our reporters are back here. Jeff Mason, um, to me, obviously, what Arlette, which is reporting, is is uh, kind of the headline that he said he warned that Israel is losing support. But also the the second quote, which explains maybe the first quote. This is the most conservative government in Israel's history. Adding that the Israeli government doesn't want a two-state solution. Yeah. Am I reading too much into this to say that? Never mind the war. Um, that THE ADMINISTRATION is, AND THE PRESIDENT HIMSELF IS STARTING TO SEE A FINISH LINE FOR PRIME MINISTER NETANYAHU AND KIND OF SAYING THE QUIET PART OUT LOUD THAT MAYBE IT'S TIME FOR THAT GOVERNMENT TO CHANGE, WHICH PEOPLE IN ISRAEL EXPECT TO HAPPEN AFTER THE WAR IS OVER ANYWAY.
2: I THINK THEY ABSOLUTELY DO. AND I DON'T THINK YOU'RE READING TOO MUCH INTO IT. I THINK THE BIDEN ADMINISTRATION IS FOCUSED ON WHAT HAPPENS WHEN THE WAR IS OVER. And you've heard the president and others in his administration talk about a two-state solution a lot in the last few weeks. They want to be sure that there's somebody in place that actually supports that, and this government doesn't. I think it's also telling that he said um, Israel is doing indiscriminate bombing over Gaza. And it comes after last night he uh, he had a reception at the White House for uh, Hanukkah. And he gave an anecdote about uh, having a picture taken with Bibi Netanyahu decades ago when they first met each other. And he said... On the back of that picture, I wrote a, a inscription saying, I love you, but I don't agree with anything you say. Mm-hmm. And he followed up by that, followed up with that last night saying, and that pretty much applies today too. So there's a shift. And today, the fundraiser comment and his comment last night is a signal of that.
0: And Paul Kane, uh, you spend all your time on Capitol Hill, where uh, there certainly is a lot of support for Israel, bipartisan support, but there is uh, a rift among... The president's own party.
2: Yeah, look, the uh, Israel for Democrats is. I'm not comparing the how the wars are being conducted and the players, but in terms of the politics, Israel for Democrats in some ways is becoming like Ukraine for Republicans. It, they their base, the Democratic base, is not happy with how Israel is conducting this war and they are they're showing up at senators offices here in Washington and back home they are showing up everywhere and protesting and so they're right now they are the loudest voices on this issue in the democratic coalition and democratic lawmakers are reflecting that
0: and yet and yet you have uh, the secretary of state antony blinken as soon as as recently as sunday on with jake tapper who has said for some time that Israel needs to be more careful when it comes to civilians uh, and and killing civilians as they try to root out Hamas, but also said, again, he understands and the U.S. government understands that Israel is doing its best to root out Hamas and that Hamas is using its own civilians Mm -hmm. as human shields.
1: Right, they've been saying both things all along, which is they aren't gonna tell Israel how to conduct this war, but then also saying that uh, they need to make sure that they minimize civilian casualties, abide by the laws of war. And they've stressed that over and over again. And you can see that the president, as well as this White House, their patience is wearing thin, because they feel as though they've been saying that privately, publicly, in the conversations that the president has with Netanyahu. uh, He has said this. And yet, It appears as though Israel is not really listening to to the
0: White House. Yeah, the president is clearly looking for a finish line, and that finish line, the White House does not believe, includes uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on the top of the Israeli government. Really, really interesting development. The U.N. is again debating whether to demand a ceasefire on Gaza. CNN's Nick Robertson is tracking that story for us. Nick, so the U.N. General Assembly appears set to demand a vote for an immediate ceasefire this days after the Security Council failed to agree on a similar call because of a U.S. veto. Walk us through what this vote may mean.
3: Yeah, immediate ceasefire and immediate uh, unconditional humanitarian access into Gaza as well. Those will be the same two demands expected as were pushed on Friday, rejected by that veto by the United States. So the Security Council, so this is the General Assembly, uh, 193 uh, nations able to vote. um, And I think a lot of people will be watching to see how the needle has shifted in opinion about Israel um because this is a non-binding vote it needs a two-third majority to pass and it may well pass but it doesn't mean it's going to come into effect. There's no enforcement. So this really becomes a measure of trying to, the UN General Assembly, if you will, trying to send an even stronger message to Israel. Back in October, there was a vote um, along along broadly similar terms, but 121 voted for, um, 14 against, 44 abstentions. So if the number of votes for this Immediate ceasefire and immediate humanitarian access goes up, um, then that shows that the the dial is shifting in in pressure on Israel. Will it make a difference to, to Israel? Potentially not. But there's a real desperate effort underway to try to find ways internationally now to signal to Israel that, that this cannot continue in Gaza. The high civilian casualty toll, the, the desperate and worsening humanitarian situation cannot continue. And that's, that is, in essence, what this vote will be about, because it cannot enforce anything. Uh, and that's expected to begin uh, in the next couple of hours.
0: Yeah, the U.S. once again expected to veto, but as our reporting suggests, the U.S. uh, has behind closed doors told the Israelis that they have weeks left to continue the operation at the pace and magnitude at which it's being conducted now in Gaza. Um, Nick Robertson, thank you, as always.